1: My name is Drew Burns, and I'm a part of a small group of dentists who believe something crazy. We believe that the standard of care is just not good enough. We demand the best of ourselves and the best for our patients. We believe that the best way, no, the only way to practice dentistry is on our own terms. If you ask the dental consultants or the corporate CEOs, they tell you that what we're doing isn't smart, that fee-for-service dentistry is dead, and that the golden age of dentistry is over. Yet, While others focus on profits first, we focus on the patient first. And yet our offices are some of the most profitable in the entire country because we invest in ourselves and we are doing things right. It's our name on the door and it's our reputation on the line. My name is Drew Burns and I am a fee-for-service dentist. This is the Fee-for-Service Dentist podcast and these are our stories.
0: Okay, welcome to the Feed for Service podcast, Dr. Sonny Spira, who's still sitting in for Dr. Drew Burns for, looks like the foreseeable future. And our guests today are good friends of ours, and it's Josh and his wife, Allison Bernstein. You may or may not know Josh's story, and we're going to get some more details today, but he's a practicing dentist in Oakland, very specific uh practice and you know calls it a boutique practice but he has a very specific uh, niche that he he likes to uh fill and he gets great enjoyment out of it so one of the beauties of it is he's defined what he wants and now he gets to now practice and live what he wants so it's a pretty pretty nice setup so let's welcome Josh Allison welcome thanks honey.
2: thanks for having us thanks
0: love to have you guys on so we were we were chit chatting amongst all of the many wonderful posts on all of the great dental <laughs> facebook webs facebook pages and how our brothers and sisters are oh so wonderful and what they say all the time and uh, and uh, we we broach the subject and I know we've talked about this at, at, at different points in different facebook lives and different things that we've done but I think the purpose of the podcast today is let's focus on, dropping insurances so why don't you guys start with you know where that came from give a little bit of your story please and then let's sure. get right into it
3: well that's definitely something we know about um sorry for the barking dog in the background um yeah so our practice i'm sure josh has said a million times been out of network for a long long time um, and the 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 master class that you that we spoke about before this podcast before we started this um that really sprang out of um you know getting a lot of phone calls so we were talking to a lot of people on the phone Mm -hmm. uh and lots of emails and that sort of thing and believe it or not i i actually like to do that I am not the Facebook person, speaking of all the fun Facebook personalities, I do not have any social media presence at all. But Josh, as you know, is prolific on Facebook. But um, I much prefer to like, talk to someone if someone calls me, it's like if someone is calling me, they're genuinely wanting information. They're not just wanting to, you know, do whatever that thing is that people do on Facebook. And I think some of it is really good. But some of it really deteriorates into quickly into like cookie yeah, town it could,
0: it could but, jump down a rabbit hole and you and you yeah. have to you have to sometimes almost filter out where the other person's coming from because a lot of times they're not yeah. really saying it so if i yeah. had a differing let's say i had a different business and and it really was anti fee for service well then i would write a certain tone you know, I, I it would color like a lot of things that we do. One of the beauties of the fee for service Facebook group is Drew's kept it really just to the dentists and has kept out a sales and, and has kept out a lot of the uh, sales pitch type stuff. So, so let's let's roll let's roll with it, Allison. Keep going.
3: Well, so anyway, um, what I was saying is that you know, aside from Facebook, you know, Josh and I take a lot of phone calls from uh, dentists. I think because they're seeing some posts that Josh does on Facebook, and then it becomes like, hey, what about this? How do I do that? Can you talk to me? I'm happy to talk to anybody about that all the time. However, um, a couple of years ago, it got to the point where it's like this isn't very efficient. You know, is there something else we can do? And so, you know, we thought about, well, you could do some consulting. And then our son reminded us like, you know, mom, are you really going to travel around the country? Like do all that when will you have time to do that? And so the plus an- Allison
2: doesn't like to fly all that much.
3: You know, so the answer is no, we're not going to do that. So fast forward, we were in Tahoe, and we said, why don't we do videos for this? Like put it on a video platform. I had just finished this watching this online course that sounds ridiculous, but it was for organizing your closet. <laughs> And so Very similar,
0: very similar to insurance, yeah.
3: Yeah, so, yeah, exactly, just like insurance. But a woman who did this platform online, and I thought, that's perfect, I should do that, I should put all of this information, so then if someone has a question, I can say here, go there. So anyway, we ended up doing a bunch of videos. There are like 60 videos and a bunch of recordings and that sort of thing. So we put those all together, and that is what's in this masterclass. the 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 interesting thing about getting out of insurance and people talking about it, you know, commiserating, uh, you know, brainstorming. A lot of people talk about this, and a lot of people want to do it. I think they want to do it, but you know, not many people. It seems to me that there's not a lot of people who like will actually jump through the hoops that you need to jump through to make it happen it's difficult it's challenging to do it
2: and they're afraid rightfully so
3: yeah but- and i don't i don't blame them because you you can go out of business you know just hey i'm just going to drop insurance it it can be like a, a scary thing so you know don't Misunderstand, I'm not saying, hey, everybody just drop insurance today, it's the best thing you can do. It takes a lot of planning, and I think the essence of like this program that we did, and any message that I personally would ever have I'm not a dentist, but you know, I'm running this practice that you know has gone out of network and successfully, and it's been like that for a long time, it's over 20 years the 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 main thing, and I think a lot of people miss it, is the customer service component.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And I think it is vital for anybody who's thinking about going out of network. So um, there's ten million other things, but I think that's the big thing that's missing when people think about going out of network because think about it. A lot of these people, they have all the equipment, they have all the bells and whistles because they thought that was gonna do it. And they have like the giant office because they thought that was gonna do it. Um, So why, why isn't it working? You know, why isn't it working? Um, So customer service and of course marketing. Um, From my perspective, those are the two things that are missing in, um, in, in a person's plan to go out of network.
2: And just to add to that a little bit, One of the things that Allison and I are constantly talking about is, you know, we do get a lot of these phone calls from these other dentists and everyone's looking for just, well, is there a letter I can send out? You know, I'd I'd like to drop today. What what do I do? Yeah. And, you know, what Allison's saying is true. There, There are steps that you must take or else you really risk losing your practice,
3: I mean, there's, you know, there's really not a letter you
2: can write
3: yeah. to go out mm-hmm. and i the I'm network. I'm not, I'm not sure what the letter is all about. People spend a lot of time talking about the letter. I, I understand you have to.
1: The future of fee-for-service dentistry is based in membership patients. If you need help starting your membership plan, or if your plan is too big for your team to manage, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com to set up your free membership growth solution demo with our team
3: you know, I guess let insurance companies know and and the, patients. and the patients know, but, uh, I'm not sure what that, you know, long, long, long discussion about a letter is about. I, I don't get that.
0: Well, mm. I think the, the other part of that too, is it goes to your point. I think a lot of people are just looking for the, you know, the, you know the uh, what would you call it? The Xbox. Magic bullet, <laughs> magic
3: bullet we call
0: it. Yeah, the ex- Xbox answer. You know, click. Oh, I went. You know, I get the. You know, the money comes down the machine. and I'm good, and, and everything yeah. works. And you know, and uh, your magic bullet, I call it fairy dust. You know, like like people think yeah. that that's yeah. how you fix teeth. You know, but I do think the one thing to me now, my story is I've always been on a network, so I didn't have to go through this but in talking with a lot of people, I think the biggest thing is, and, and, and I, I know Chad Johnson talked about this in our, our last podcast, but, and, and you said it very clearly, uh, you had a defining moment for you where you just said, I'm, I'm done. And then there was no looking back. So you committed to it. And I, I really think that you have to make that mental commitment or else you're gonna, the moment you see a couple of challenges, You're just going to go right back to what you knew, which was what you wanted to get out of in the first place. And it's not, you know, it's not a straight line of success, right? No, no, no one's path to success is ever that straight. There's always, you know, peaks and valleys and ups and downs. Right. So I think that to me, I thought was a truly really defining moment, listening to it and just hearing Josh talk about it, you know, how much it, It it rocked him internally when Delta was going to do whatever they were not going to, or whatever they were doing, they were cutting the fees or they weren't raising. You're like, wait a second, I'm done being undervalued. And that was so, so important. I've heard the same thing from others. So
3: I think it's key. I mean, you do have to make the decision, right? Like you have to make the decision. And then there's all those many steps to like power through it because it's not, I don't know, it's it's not just like a very streamlined process. Like you said, there's hills and valleys. So you really have to commit to like, okay, we're running up against something right here. We can't fall back to what we were doing because we're committed, remember? So you do have to find ways to power through. And a lot of um, the the slip ups come with like communication with like the front office, doesn't it? Like we don't, they don't know what to say. How are we going to get through this about the, that big question? You know, do you take my insurance? Why are you at a network? And I think people get really stuck. And then it's just like, you know, forget it. Just, you know, just say what you're comfortable with that sort of thing. But yeah, I think just, to just your point, going. they're not committed. They haven't committed and said, we are not going back. We are only going in this new direction. So how are we going to do it? And I I think it's the main, you're right. You have to, number one, you got to hunker down and commit to it.
2: And, you know, like Allison was saying before, um, you can't just send out the letter for these conversations, that conversation about, you know, why are you out of network? Do you take my insurance? The answers to that conversation are happening every day, all day long with every single patient uh, on the phone, by email and in person.
3: And I I know that's challenging for a lot of people too, because they're not willing to like do that first thing, which is you might have to take some more time with people. You might have to, you know, stop and be a human and like have like real human conversations. Uh, it, it, It goes such a long way, but I think it's hard for people to slow down a little bit, take a patient or two off the schedule for the day and like really devote the time that you have to devote to switching over to this kind of practice well i think
0: it goes it probably goes back to your why why are you dropping insurance and if you you don't have a strong why then you're you're going to fall for anything you know you're going to you're going to modify or change it your your why was so convincing that it became you know became a you know code this is it and uh you know i just find that that's to me that's a huge portion of it but i also think if you're going to write a letter At least, let me just speak for myself. If I'm going to write a letter, it's got to come out of my mouth. It's got to be something that I inherently would say in a conversation with somebody. Like what you guys write in a letter, I would probably steal a bunch of stuff, right, and use it, but I would try to morph it into what it meant to me so that when we did have those conversations that you're talking about, and when I did bring my team full circle into the fold that we it came out of our pores as a natural answer right it goes to are you going to script answers or are you going to give guideline answers so that the person can speak from their heart because there's nothing more you know intimidating sometimes in a patient you know in an operatory that'll stand up and get right in your face and be like how come it's this and and you know you get that and if you don't have an answer that generic that excuse me that inherently makes sense you're not gonna, you're not gonna you're, you're gonna be a phony, you know. And I yeah. think the same thing with this communication. So
3: yeah, I think it has to be authentic. I mean, that's authentic.
0: Key. That's it's
3: it, Authentic, you know, for whoever is saying it. You know, we're always trying to get the message across to like the, the the poor person who now the dentist wants to go out and network, they're changing all the quote scripts that they have to use. That's really challenging for the person at the front. They're afraid to ask for money and Answer these questions, but the main thing is like if you can get a script going, that's okay. But you then have to make it authentic for you. It has to sound like you, you know, Sunny, yep. you, Josh, you, Debbie, Karen, you know, yep. Mike. has to sound like something you would say. Otherwise, they're just like, what? What is going on? Who is this?
2: And you can't just sound authentic. You really have to believe it that's because you know, getting back to the why, Sunny. Um, The why for me was we were going down this road of great customer service, even before we thought about getting out of insurance. Great customer service seemed to be a great way to grow my practice, even back when I was with Delta and all the other insurance companies. And I also made a commitment to quality, you know, really high value dentistry, like gold partial dentures, that my PFMs were porcelain and gold, this kind of thing. And you know, really high quality consultations where you know, we had, we were showing a slide, a custom slideshow to each new patient after the new patient exam. So th- those were the why. Of course, I did put a couple people to sleep with those. but um,
3: <laughs> We've adjusted things. This was twenty years ago. But, you know, <laughs> we, <made a>
2: <laughs> we no longer have a carousel slide projector. But you know, the the point is that that's the why, and we really believed that going out of the network was the right thing because, you know, the insurance companies were saying that, you know, you're asking for too much of an increase when we were really only asking for cost of living. And, you know, lucky for me, I saw the writing on the wall back in probably 1998. And I decided, you know, I can't, you know, this is not going to get better. This is going just going to get worse. So we made a plan. And, you know, we thought the plan was good, but of course it had some flaws. So what this masterclass is about is to help dentists not make the mistakes that we made. And we made a lot of mistakes, I'll (laughs) admit it. And it cost us money. Well, it's
3: it's also how we learned, like making those mistakes, you know, I don't know that I would do it any differently because, you know, those are great learning experiences. And often, like even now, We'll go back to something, and it's like, hold up, time out. Remember the thing back in nineteen. <laughs> it's like not gonna do it. So the mistakes, you know, I, I think you have to be careful about beating yourself up too much about mistakes. It's how we move forward. It's, it's how we, we learn. It's how we grow into something different. So we made a ton of mistakes.
0: You know what I found interesting when you when you tell your story about how you decided, okay, December, you know, January first, we're out of network, and and then all of a sudden you had a ton of patients leave and you had this wide open schedule. And then you had all this time and, you know, talk about if you're not committed, that that's an uncomfortable area when you're the it's food so on your, right. The food on your table, you know, the kids and everything that you've got that you're responsible for your, your team members, you know, their, their food on their table and everything. And it's, Uh uh-oh we might have made a mistake and if you're not committed to it you're I think you're always going to regret or go backwards but you know and and if you look at it now and you said to yourself you put yourself in that time frame right where you you then I guess spent a lot of time learning your software but what what would it be like today and today's I got to have it right now society be like with the same person that did the same choice
2: well they run into the same problems because you know with the holidays coming up, you know, your son's going to want the GI Joe with the Kung Fu grip for Hanukkah. (laughs) And there you are, and, you know, the staff's getting paid, but you might not be Mm -hmm. because you just lost a ton of patience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's a problem. And, you know, I think that, you know, getting back to the why, why we want to do this, why we have done this masterclass, there's an important why to that because, you know i'm going to be 65 this year and i'm not going to be practicing forever i do want to keep practicing for sure but i'm not going to be practicing forever none of us can and we want we see what's going on in the profession right now with corporate dentistry taking over a lot of practices they're they're, they're gobbling up practices around us left and right and with insurance companies decreasing reimbursements not increasing annual maximums and really squeezing dentists to the point of pushing their, their ethics to the limit. And so I think, you know, to just for the benefit of the profession, we wanted to. That's the why behind why we did this program. Um, certainly the, the fee to get involved in in our master class is nominal. It's barely enough to cover our expenses. But it's this is our legacy to the profession. This is what we want to leave behind is how any dentist who's committed can get out of insurance um, with minimal risk. There's still a risk, but if you follow the steps in this program, you can minimize your risk.
3: But what are are some
0: of the go ahead.
3: Oh, I was gonna say you're right. You know, you do still have to. you do still have to be committed to it because you know you're going to have some some lean times i think i mean we definitely had some ramen noodle months so um but you know if you tell yourself that this is the only op- you know if there's no other option for you and you're you're committed to powering through like you come up with all of the things you you do the thing that you have to do and for us, that was like, you know, building communication skills, like really going overboard on the customer service. And then like the quality in terms of the dentistry, just, it's like, we have to do everything better than those eight dentists down the street from us. So we just, like, we really just dug in with that and we got um laser focused on that. And that was tough for a lot of things like employees, if it wasn't working, it was just see you later. This is not working. That's hard for a lot of people. They're afraid to let go of people. There's like a whole, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. Um, That Patients, patients that weren't working out. You know, we, we just, we really did a lot of weeding and it's very scary when you're looking at your schedule for the week and it's like, huh, four patients. Yikes, that's, that's scary. But if it's four patients, it's great production. You're doing amazing work. Those four patients are going out and being like your little spokespeople. Honestly, that's how we built it. It was just it was just digging in and just like sticking with it. It's like, nope, we're not going to not going to go back. We're not going to pack the schedule. This is what we have. This is what we're doing today."
2: You know, and speaking to the commitment, Sonny, I mean, we have to retell the joke, which is, you know, about The the ham and eggs, you know, the chicken's involved, but the the pig is committed. So the pig. (laughs) You know, um, the as far as the commitment is concerned, a lot of dentists write to me and they ask, you know, there, but it's so risky to drop insurance. I'm so afraid. And there is a lot of fear involved. And it's true, the risk short term is definitely there. But long term, what's riskier? staying with insurance or getting out and the answer is clear the risk is greater to stay with insurance long term
0: yeah I, I had a call from a doc that had asked me about some questions and um, and he was doing a startup and he was he was really good with implants and and that was you know the thing and I was like okay well like what are you going to do to start your practice I mean this is a startup what are you going to do like are you are you willing to go out and talk to You know, senior groups and PTAs and you know, to go out there and really put yourself out there. Oh no, I couldn't do that. I was like, well, that's that's gonna be a challenge then. You know, it's not people are not gonna walk in your door because you're a great implantologist because you say so. You have you don't have a lot of history, you don't have a lot of XYZ. So you know talk about the marketing and he had had a marketing and he didn't like it and it fired, i was like well you've got to really have a, an idea of what you want to do with your practice and you've got to be committed to it that's what i found to be a, a huge issue so what are some of the you talked about the two big things you felt were most important right it was the customer service you said and having the skills right and,
3: and, so and you, communication. You, right. communication communication
0: communication
3: Communication and Sonny, you just
2: you just put you just hit the nail on the head. You know, getting out there and and developing personal relationships. It's the interpersonal relationships that make it work. People come to see me, oftentimes having no idea what kind of dentistry that it is that we do, but we've developed a relationship, a friendship, and they want to come and see me, and that happens really in any kind of business yeah
0: yeah so what do you what are some of the either let's either talk about what do you think are some of the other core parts or what do you think are some of the big mistakes that people are going to make you want to start with mistakes you want to start with some of the important parts
3: Mm, well we should end on a high note so we'll start with the mistakes (laughs) there you go yeah i think i think some of the mistakes people make are um oh my goodness well of course one is like you said they're not really committed to it it sounds like a good idea sounds fun yay want to make more money don't want to have insurance but wait I mean can I do this next week I mean right I I don't want to flounder here so so that's the thing they're they're not really prepared for what it takes to do that um the other thing is I think people mix up like having all of the good stuff i you've probably heard josh talk about this a lot like honestly we talk to dentists who are like just getting into this thing i think it's amazing the technology is just incredible i love it and we use it but we don't necessarily buy it and have it in our practice we outsource a lot of it but people really feel like they need everything across the board before they can even think about Uh, going out of network or opening a practice. And I think think it's focusing on the wrong thing. I don't think the equipment sells dentistry. In fact, I know it doesn't. Maybe useful, maybe great to have, but if you're talking about transitioning or attracting patients, it is not going to be the equipment. It's going to be those soft skills that you have to have. And of course, like a good marketing plan, but I I think people so one mistake, I think, is that it's like, look, I have all the equipment. I'm ready to go. Let's pull the trigger. What where's the letter that I send? And then it's like, boom, boom, boom. You've got a giant nut to crack with these payments and your social skills are, you know, like they're lacking. The people at the front have no idea how to communicate about being paid at the time of service. And it's gonna be hard. People are gonna go somewhere else, you know, it's it's difficult. So I think that that going down that everything will be great if I have the equipment, I think that's a mistake. Um, and I think, um, well, I think just like the communication is a huge mistake uh, and, and we don't have enough time to talk about that, but the communication, like from the top all the way down to the bottom, um, I think just lacking like warm, informative, helpful, personal, authentic communication skills. And I know that sounds like a lot to ask, but I think most of us do have that in us and you just have to kind of shuffle and get the right person in that position. So that's another big mistake. I think people mistake efficiency for being authentic and good and helpful when you really need to be authentic, good and helpful and warm and all those things instead of being, you know, like super efficient, like let's get the job done, let's get the schedule filled. So there's a big disconnect there. To me, that's what I hear with like some of the front office people that I'm talking to and the dentists, there's a there's a big disconnect and fear, frankly. There there's a lot of fear. So, I think there needs to be like some giant class that someone needs to offer about <laughs> it's okay to ask for money. <laughs> there needs to be some like conditioning, like psychotherapy, like there needs to be a dental psychotherapist who goes to every practice and teaches them that it is okay to ask for money for a service that you just provided uh, and you've spent a lifetime learning how to do. It's okay to ask for money. There is a huge issue there with people asking for money. And I think that's a giant uh, missed opportunity, the communication with that. And then just the equipment thing. And Josh, I'm sure, has a million other Well, there are a couple other things
2: that I, a couple other mistakes that I wanted to mention. One is, um, well, sales and then marketing. So one of the big mistakes that dentists make every day, all day long, is that they pressure patients into doing treatment. And in most cases, the treatment is not urgent. You know, yeah, it probably needs to be done. And it would be nice if it were done, but it's not an emergency. And one of my common lines to patients is like, this is not a heart attack, it's not brain cancer. It's definitely not even a dental emergency. But it's something that maybe we should consider. And so the other, the first when I'm presenting my treatment options with the patients as we're looking at their photos on the big flat screen TV, is option one is the option to do nothing. And then we have uh, an informed consent discussion going through all the legitimate treatment options for that patient. And there's zero pressure for the patient to do anything. If they want to schedule, then Allison will drop a quote and she'll schedule the patient. So that's one thing. Don't over, Don't try and sell patient stuff. It's one of the biggest complaints that patients have on the review sites.
0: And uh, you know what's, what's interesting. What's really interesting is now put yourself in the shoes of you have just dropped of insurance, you just dropped and lost a lot of patients. Right. And so you're going to be pressure feeling that you have to put that upon the patient and they're going to smell it in, in a heartbeat so
2: yeah they like, sure. You know,
0: put it put it in the context right it's a hard thing to do but it's selfless right not selfish and if the patient sees you as selfish no good but if it's selfless this is something that you can do that will help yourself you know that's anyway it's a good point so go ahead yeah. keep going
2: the other thing and it was a mistake that we made uh, back in 1999, which is the year that we dropped, we dropped on December 31st, 1999, cold turkey. Uh, after getting you know some of these ducks in order, we didn't have marketing in place. We also didn't have good communication skills in place yet.
0: You, but, also, were, you also weren't worried about the computer crash of Y2K <laughs> either, obviously, obviously. So oh, let's, let's, let's add this to the whole thing, go ahead. <laughs> so i love your timing it was great <laughs> <laughs> so the the
2: marketing at the time you know people were doing yellow page this is i'm old oh, yeah. Yeah. Doing I yellow, a yellow
0: page, eh? ads. yeah
2: hanging out of shingle yep. um postcards. and there were postcards and they were doing you know ads in the newspaper and personal referral those are the ways people were getting patients now things are different um, now even you know the SEO, Google searches, Uh, in our area, it's no longer a viable alternative. There are other ways to get patients. For me in my practice, because I do IV sedation, because I do porcelain veneers, these are services that many dentists, many general dentists don't want to do. And so because we do IV sedation and porcelain veneers, we're able to network with other dentists in the area who we've developed good personal relationships with, they they send patients to us because well, dentists don't want to do those porcelain veneers. The bridezillas are too difficult for them.
3: Well, you can also or, laser focus your marketing when you've, you know, you've got like a, you know, just a couple of skills. It's it's a lot easier to pinpoint your um, you know, your marketing demographic for for that sort yes. of So yeah.
2: So you know, what it has evolved into um, based upon the advice of our marketer is we've, we're have we marketing three skills. We have a lot more skills than that, of course, but we're marketing porcelain veneers, sedation, and Invisalign. And if you look at our website, uh, it's no longer the fancy flash graphics website with tons of content that we used to have to try and get SEO on Google. It's got three services and it looks very simple. It's just the uh, porcelain veneers, the sedation and Invisalign. So uh, our marketing now, aside from networking with other dentists for those services, is uh, social media marketing on Facebook with highly targeted Facebook ads geared towards those patients who are looking for the three services that we're marketing for. And the other thing that we are marketing with is Yelp. And I know a lot of dentists hate Yelp. But we have found that uh, with our five-star rating and with with Yelp advertising, that a lot of patients find us through Yelp. So marketing was a mistake that we made. And well,
3: not marketing. Yeah, not marketing was a mistake that
2: we made. And I think sales is a a big mistake that a lot of dentists continue to make every
3: day. Yeah, just well, not sales, but the way that they're doing the sales, you know, like a high pressure sales pressuring you know it's like right. kind of under duress that you're expecting yeah. people to feel yeah, like you're
0: filling a quota right make a decision
3: yeah. instead of we're here if you need us happy to help you that kind of thing but um right, well, yeah, you know very
0: very things. very often right a patient doesn't understand quote they have a problem unless they perceive they have a problem so
3: yeah yeah, yeah.
0: so so what's interesting so so those are the things that the don'ts. Let's talk about some of the do's. Let's let's finish on some of the do's. What are some of the important do's? We said communication, <laughs> we said customer service, right?
3: Yeah, and customer service is not milk and cookies and all that kind of stuff. Which we have done in the past. Yeah, and I think it's great. Like when I go into an office and I see that, it's like, oh, that's nice, I, I like that. We don't do that anymore, but I just mean like that's not customer service. You you can't put out tea and and cookies and that kind of thing and think that that's customer service and then you're an asshole the rest of the time like that it doesn't work like that so <laughs> sorry um we
0: just, we just stayed at a double tree and we got a fresh cookie when we checked in so i, I know it's kind
3: of nice right yeah. nice.
0: there's signature yeah their signature. but it doesn't it substitute, for does, great it's not a substitute for great no customers. it doesn't it doesn't you know Not at all.
3: And and great customer service for us is really just all of the things about being genuinely helpful, um, really going above and beyond to just really help people, you know, like we're, we're holding their hand through this process. And even if it's a small thing, like, you know, just a crown and, you know, just figuring it out, scheduling it, being kind, it's expensive. I mean, just because it's like a a small thing to us doesn't mean it's a small thing to someone else so just really really going deep into being a human and communicating with someone on that very human level um you're you're developing relationships to me that's what sales is developing relationships with these patients and honestly you know when you've you've gotten good at that and you're in a groove with that and that's just part of who you are the patients don't want to go anywhere else like that's that's where they want to be but you can't do that you know if it's you know this fast thing and you got somebody in the other room you just can't I I don't think you can Uh, so I think you have to be willing to take a breath and slow down and put like your best people your best warmest people it's not always the dentist you know sometimes the dentist is great with their clinical skills but they're not the people Person, you have to have that great support staff. I think to um, to really, really get those communication skills, customer service, and communication is part of that. Um, so I, I think that's one of the uh, the the must do kinds of. Yeah, things. and there, there
2: are plenty of other things that we you know we could talk about all day long, but I know we're limited. But you know, running on time, calling your patients, uh, painless dentistry, but the other big thing is you have to have clinical skills. You can't just rely on what you learned in dental school, although that will work if customer service is there. But you you have to go to continuing education. You have to be one of those people that's willing to commit to 200 hours a year of continuing education and get really, really good at your craft. This is your job. Don't be an amateur at it for the next 30 years get good at it early on in your career. And I wish that in my first five years of practice, I had gone to the major hands-on continuing education courses that I went to when I was gearing up for dropping insurance because I think that would have helped a lot.
0: Okay, now if I were to ask you, like, uh, let's go, what's the top five? What are the top five things that you think? So you already mentioned a bunch of them, right? And if you were to pare it down, I would love to know if Allison and Josh, if your top fives would exactly equal, because I'm sure they'll be. <laughs> Wait, so we, should, we should
3: write the, the list. We should write the list privately. slightly
0: different. Josh, go in the go in the uh, sound concealed booth and let's like Allison and write it down. But uh, so I, I I always think communication. My well my one question is this: What would you say to the dentist who's like, listen, I'm an introvert uh i don't you know i I just i'm uncomfortable how what would what would your advice be to that person who has to lead a team that wants to go this route
3: well i josh maybe has an answer but i want to say something i know this might be hard to believe (laughs) but i am actually an introvert myself that is the truth like i'm happier at home you know snuggled in here than i am like doing
0: organizing a closet yeah
3: exactly it's my it's it's my favorite thing (laughs) allison and
2: i i think you could describe both of us as gregarious introverts
1: so
3: being an introvert so that's it's tough but also i guess also being an introvert they might work really well one-on-one you know just quietly talking Mm -hmm. to someone an introvert can be the best person in the world To have a conversation with someone they can often be very sincere and and heartfelt in their communication especially if
2: they're talking about dentistry which is their primary interest
3: which is that you know so introverts are good at that thing like kind of zeroing in i mean to get up and do a class or something no way or at
2: a cocktail party maybe not so much but one-on-one yes but the the other answer to that is if a person just really sucks at communication if a dentist in that position then you absolutely must have some sort of patient coordinator who is really good with interpersonal communications imagine the the heart surgeon who can't really talk very well but you know they've got a good patient coordinator that's what you need
3: yeah and you know the introvert like if it's if they're painfully introverted which i know some people can be for all different kinds of reasons if they can at least come up with something again, that's authentic so that they can say things like, you know, um, I'm gonna have, you know, Karen talk to you about that. She's honestly the best person to do that. Um, You know, some way to, to have them pass the patient off, but not, you know, in a way so that they're not feeling Passed off. You're gonna have to have like a good wing person to to take care of that for you. So um, there for the introverted person, I think that's probably the thing. If yeah. you're if you're my kind of introvert, it's great to talk to one person. That's like your very happy place, and they can be the best people to do that. If not, I think you have to come up with something warm and sincere. You know, the very best person in the world to talk to you about this. Is Megan. She is going to help you with this. Um, She's just the best person to talk about. it. So as soon as we're finished, I'm going to have you go up front and talk to her and she'll spend all the time you need. I mean, what could be more thoughtful than that? You know, they're going to spend all the time you need. Someone's going to help you. People just want to know that they're being helped, you know? Mm-hmm.
2: Um Anyway, the, uh, another thing that I think is probably the most important overreaching thing that encompasses all of this is that you must believe that being out of network is the best possible thing for your practice and for the patients because it really is
3: well and also your 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 team your staff yeah. whatever you call them they have to be, they have you know, to your, believe it your too. people have to be on it too I, i'm sure you've we don't have to tell you that one week link your uh and your in your team can can ruin yeah. everything
0: oh so. yeah oh yeah and, and it, i i would think though as if you're an introvert i think that the issue or the challenges as as a leader of a team you've really got to lead and inspire your team in such a way that your commitment to it and and you i think you just hit the nail on the head the the value of it to the patients because initially it's going to be like oh well you're just doing that so you can make more money right and i think that's also why people want the magic pixie dust and the magic bullet because to make wow. more money not understanding that the value and what the services are being provided now are you know at a different is a different level
3: well also i think um you know the rewards of being out of network practice I mean, it's funny, you just said the money part of it. And as we're having this conversation, there are 10 other things I can think about before money. Look, if we all wanted to make a big bunch of money, you know, we can go and be investment bankers or sell commercial real estate or something. We, we can all do that. We can stop what we're doing and get involved in some other thing. The, there's a lot of rewarding things about being an out of network dentist. I, I can't tell you, how uh, great we feel when someone has had a great experience in our office. That's powerful. I mean, you know, people who haven't been able to do dentistry because they've been afraid, or um, they just they couldn't find someone to work with them or uh, get them through this process. It's extraordinarily rewarding to do that. So for someone who's introverted, who's who's really feeling it and wanting to, to do this thing. I think that would be an amazing place, you know, to lead to lead from that place instead of like, you know, get in there and make the sale. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of things you can do to make money. Dentistry isn't isn't the top of the list of things, you know, to uh, become rich and famous. There are other things you can do.
0: Oh, no question. So your your masterclass, you're going to send me the link so I can put all that stuff up. So your masterclass you was born out of. And I love, I love it. You know, now is what's your, why? And you talked about why did you do it? Because you want to, you want to make the profession better. You're going to make dentistry better for dentists and the patients. I I really think when you have a doctor patient relationship where it's really between the doctor and the patient, and there's no third party intervening, you've got the best of both worlds.
3: There's nothing like it. There's no substitute for that. It's, it's it's very rewarding. I have to say that it's. I can't say that enough. You know. What
0: it's what you're taught in dental school, right? You're taught in dental school the treatment plan and to, and to review the treatment plan with the patient, not to say, "Oh yeah, by the way, sorry, you only have insurance act, so I can't even mention this to you." We got to talk about that, and that's all we can talk about. That's not. that's yeah. Not how we were. Not how we were. Not how we were raised, right? So.
3: No, definitely not. Um, final final thoughts,
0: final thoughts, uh, final
3: thoughts,
2: Josh, you know, I I think I just mentioned my final thought. You really have to believe that being out of network fee for service is the best thing for the patient. And it really is. You're able to provide the patient, the kind of care that they came in to, to see you for, for that chief complaint. You don't have to compromise with what you just said, Sonny. You don't have to compromise. Well, you know, an implant would probably be the best thing here, but you know, we can do a partial denture for you. So, you know, you're able to provide the patient with what's best for them without regard to anything else, any other considerations. The best interest of the patient is the only interest to be considered. That's what the Mayo Clinic says. And that's the philosophy that we can adopt as, out of network fee for service dentists,
3: and I think you know I have to say Josh lives by that. Like in in our practice, he's definitely, yeah. I mean that's 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 what's happening in our practice. It's it's all patient focused. I mean you know um, are we charging more money? I, I I guess we are for some things we are, but uh, there's no comparison in. Uh, well, I have to be careful. Yes, we are. But we're going above and beyond to really, really, really take care of those patients, and I mean in every single way. We end up having a, a relationship. You have to have a relationship with someone with a lot of these patients to like get them from point A to point B. Especially sedation patients, it's not a bim-bim-bomb like in-and-out kind of thing. It is not. It involves a lot of Kleenex, a lot of hand-holding. And it's a process to get people there. They have to trust you. You have to have relationships. So, um, that's a big part of being an out-of-network office. You've gotta, you've gotta have some, some soft skills in there somewhere, and um, I think that's important.
0: Okay, I want my last question. Um, if, if someone comes to you, and because you talk about relationships, what if if someone just has just has a hard time, just, just almost comes off as cold, right? Just, oh, just a, no, no, a, do, a doctor,
2: mm-hmm. right?
0: Just has a hard time doing that. What what would be some advice you would have to help them make those connections with those patients? What would be some tips that you would, you would suggest? You might
2: want to take a Dale Carnegie course. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you know, Hal, in the beginning of this um, conversation, we were saying that like scripted things are not a good idea and but a foundation for a script is a good idea, as long yeah. as you can make it authentic for yourself. So I think I would tell that person to to get, you know, I'm always saying like, you have to have a couple of things in your back pocket, a couple of phrases, hey, do you offer discounts? Hey, why don't you do that? You gotta have some things ready so you're not caught flat footed. And I think maybe for someone who is just cold and insincere, number one, you need to have a great, warm, friendly dental assistant by your side all the time. And I think it might be a good idea to practice. Uh, I know it sounds kind of hokey, But you're going to have to put some work in somewhere. You can't just say, "Well, I'm cold. I'm insincere, but I want to be out of network, and that's just the way it is." Like, well, it's that's an uphill battle. So I think it might be good for them to at least work on. You know, would you be willing to soften a couple of things? Would you be willing to do something? You know, ask how they're doing. How's everything going before you get started? Would you be willing? to scoot your stool around your chair around and just um how's it going how's your day going today something anything um you know anybody can do those sorts of things there it's practice to kind of soften the hard edges on some of these people i mean uh, and then you do have to have like that support staff so that The person that answers the phone, that is why somebody's coming there. They are deeply and madly in love with that person because they're so warm and so nice and so kind. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe trying to convince them, would you consider softening your edges a little bit by doing X, Y, and Z little things? They're things that take four seconds to do, and then really, um, having like a great support team. It's hard to, to change someone, to get someone you know who's cold and rigid and just wants to do the dentistry. You've got to get them to engage on some level. So I don't know, I, I, would, I would see about helping them soften some of those edges a little bit, just a little things to tweak their encounter with a patient
0: i think that's great advice because it could be a multitude of reasons why it could be cultural it could be religious it could be just their personal upbringing uh you know you think maybe a military background that that the house was so structured that you know that you know xyz and I, I just think back because i was having a friend a talk with a friend of mine from dental school and i remember some of the classmates that we had who we thought would do great because they were so structured. And they and they in in the physical and the hand part they just they did well with it, but they couldn't talk to a, you know, a table. They would have a hard time, and and they struggled and they are struggling today. And yeah. I think that some people, I think that's the one thing that's just holding that's going to hold them back is going to be themselves. So,
3: but you know, if if that's for real, you know, like if that if 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 it's like if that's really the thing and someone is that intense, you know, like and very rigid and cold, you know, that's a problem. I mean, they might need to like really work on that like like I'm saying, you know, approaching them with, you know, would you be willing to spend a couple of minutes every day just you know, talk, you know, it's kind of like therapy in a way, you know? I mean, I agree. you you can't it's like you said there there isn't like magic fairy dust you can sprinkle on someone and poof you're like a warm and fuzzy person but I think you know you can like have a little foundation of scripts and also just a couple little things eye contact for heaven's sakes if you if you don't have it I feel like you're sunk so just even working on that like wheel in your chair around to look at them how's your day going today would you be willing to do that? You know, things like that, little tiny things can go such a long way. Then following that up with just that, that powerhouse backup staff that is just like a love bomb. You know, Mm -hmm. I think those kinds of things would be crucial for that person because it's a dental office, you know, people struggle with that anyway. Like we, we, we think dental office, we think cold. The last thing we want is like, Frau Farbissena at the front desk, you know,
2: <laughs>
3: just, just being rigid with us.
1: <laughs> I, know, I know
0: the reference. I get it. Uh, so, so in other words, though, the other piece of advice really, right. Is when you're hiring, hire maybe complementary personalities rather than right. minded personalities. Right.
3: Well, that's what I mean. That, that, that support staff, it's gotta be, you know, you, you have to find someone that's gonna make up for some of your deficiencies. Yeah. Um and, and, or compliment those parts of you that are, you know, um, yeah,
0: like if you're, if you're Felix, you're looking for Oscar. And if you're Oscar, you're looking for, <laughs> you know, I mean, right. I mean, I, I, I understand that. I, I yeah. think that there's a lot of people out there and I think the social media, unfortunately will bring out some of those people more strongly because that, huh. that is a, that is a more comfortable and, you know, communication vein for them. And I really think that the head, up front and the personal thing is where you got to, where everything has to take place you have to be comfortable yeah. in your own skin and you have to be to me i mean the key word from this whole thing is authentic you have to be authentic no matter what you do. You
3: have to be authentic you know josh is not uh like a super flashy communicator with patients hey, wait wait
0: wait, don't be talking bad about my boy there don't no not
3: bad that. it's a okay.
0: good thing
3: right. okay he's right. very he's I gotta very here He's very, very sincere. And yes. I, joke, I joke with patients that, you know, when they're calling and they, you know, they're wondering about him and it's like, honestly, like people come in and just like fall in love with him. They, they start crying, you know? They, yeah. he's, like a, he's like a teddy bear. They, they love that, you know? He's a,
0: he's a fantastic listener. When we've had groups and we've done some Facebook Live stuff, when other people have brought something up, he manages to go back to it and kind of, you know, bring it back up in terms of what they spoke about and relevant. And I, and I can tell he's, I think it's called an active listener. He's an ex, ex, exceptional listener. So <laughs> I, hope, well, I hope that's right. Is, yeah. I, I hope yeah. that's yeah. right. No, maybe, I mean, not, maybe not at home. Cause I suck at home too, but
2: a whole different story at though. Yeah. But,
0: yes, he's but, a
2: great you know, listener. Sonny, you made a really, really good point though. For those people who are introverts, asking a question and then actually listening to the answer goes a long way towards developing that um, doctor-patient relationship, toward finding out what the chief complaint is, toward Mm -hmm. finding out what their issues are with dentists, and a lot of people have those issues. So being a good listener is enormously helpful, and it's easier for someone Who's right. not gregarious. For
3: someone who's an introvert, it's a lot easier to ask the question and then just sit back and let them give you the information, assuming like you said that they're listening. So, you know, they're they're giving you just all of the the gems that you need to know how to take care of them. So that that would be a great approach for someone who's introverted also or just cold and you know awful (laughs) you know the problem comes
2: in when you're too good a listener people start telling about every little step on their vacation itinerary and you know you got to get down to business at some point
0: yep yep (laughs) well i can't help you with that but let's stick to this (laughs) that's that's one of my favorite lines well that's nice i really can't help you with with that but we can we can talk more about this (laughs)
2: draining infection
0: All right, well guys, I really appreciate it. Uh, If you send me, please just send me a quick email and I'll put up the link to the masterclass and any background you want to give me, we'll put on the show notes and then anybody wants to, to look it up. You can reach Josh on Facebook, Allison. You cannot reach on Facebook, but if you tell Josh, I'm sure Josh will tell Allison.
3: Anyone can call me anytime. Like I said, I love to take those phone calls. I love, I absolutely love it. I love the emails. I just, I can't, I can't, you can only, there's only so many hours in the day. Always so many hours in the day. You can call me, you can look up the number online. You know, we're, we're, we're not hiding. You can find and us. If you want to
2: write it down right now, it's, it's uh, DentalSuite903 at Gmail for Allison. And the masterclass is DentalSuite903.com.
0: There you go and you can reach them their dental office in oakland california
3: believe it Uh, or not quality dentistry in beautiful oakland california it's a true story
0: there you go all right guys much appreciated
3: thank you you so much thanks
0: for listening always a pleasure okay bye bye
2: bye
1: thanks for listening to the fee-for-service dentist podcast if you would like to share your fee-for-service story please fill out our contact form at ffsdentistry.com. Also, be sure to join our Fee-for-Service Dentistry Facebook group. For help starting your dental membership plan, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com and membershipmastercourse.com. Finally, for help with in-house financing, visit dentalfinancingdirect.com. And don't forget, your story is what you make of it. This is your name on the door and your reputation on the line. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.